0: Are you filming? Oh, well, welcome to episode three of the Modern Agile Show. I told you that my dogs would make it into the show. Max is over there. Uh, Right now, this is Marley. He's a young guy. He's maybe only about uh, a year and a half old, so he's a real cutie. Um, We have a great show today, and I am going to be doing something I haven't done before, in this show which is drawn on this whiteboard behind me. So that'll come next, but I'm going to start off as I do with a book. And the book this time is called Why Does Software Cost So Much? Okay? You're going to think I'm a a total Tom DeMarco fanboy and I am. So it's another Tom DeMarco book. Um and I promise you'll be looking at other people too, but, but Tom has just incredible wisdom to share here. And it's related to um, my subject today, which is about how do you deal with the different roles on a team and what does it look like to really collaborate? So I'm gonna read a tiny passage out of this book um, and this is filled with chapters that are all just essays on software development, okay? Let me just say one thing too. The show that we're looking at here is about Modern Agile and that relates to all kinds of human endeavors. I wanna be super clear, this is not just about software development. I am today going to be really deeply diving into Modern Agile software development. Promise on other shows I'll be talking about a variety of ways you apply Modern Agile to other things. So that's uh, the preface. All right, so I'm in a chapter here called Non-Technological Issues in Software Engineering. And in the beginning of this chapter, he's talking about um, Fred Brooks, another um, guru and legend of our field. Um, He wrote The Mythical Man Month. And Fred Brooks, of course, is talking about the difference between sociology and technology, and how much more important sociology tends to be than the technology when it comes to, to having an awesome team. So, later in the chapter, um, we have its, uh, this, this section is called Letting Teams Happen. Okay, Letting Teams Happen. And here's what Tom says. The maddening thing about teams is that they happen by themselves, but it is difficult or impossible to make them happen. Failure to force teams to form is due, I believe, to managers trying to set up teams with themselves as leaders. That sounds like a good idea, but it isn't. I am more and more convinced that those who talk most about leadership have the most difficulty forming meaningfully gelled teams. The reason is that gelled teams aren't really led. They are networks, not hierarchies. All members are virtual peers. The leadership function is distributed That is different members take control at different times. That ties into what we're now going to be looking at um, on the whiteboard. So what I see in many um, companies that are, that are building software products is a tremendous need for this network of people collaborating and for there not to be a single leader or a single ringable neck, but instead for there to be an incredible collaboration between various uh, peers. In most shops, there's, of course, we've got your customer, that's your customer. Of course, you wanna make your customers awesome, right? That's our focus in Modern natural. make customers awesome. How do you do that? First off, we, we know that much of the time okay inside our organization we only have guesses about what the customers really need okay we really need to get in their heads we need to understand them now there is a role called um, ops operations staff okay a lot of times ops they're fielding phone calls or they're fielding emails or angry rants on Twitter. They're getting that voice of the customer. And that's really valuable to deciding what to go work on, what what to, to do to make the customer happier. In addition, we have the developers. And when I say developers, I'm lumping a bunch of people in there database people, uh, folks doing testing, all kinds of folks involved uh, in development, right? They are often shielded from the, the work on what to build, right? They're just handed that stuff. I think that's a big problem. I think in the best shops, developers get to kind of go out to the customer, spend time with them, observe them using the software and get valuable insights that they can then bring back to the business and decide, hey, I noticed something important to work on. In addition, the developer role will often include senior level members. Sometimes they're called architects. But these are folks that have a deep insight into some of the technological issues, the tech debt, let's say, on on the project, on the software. They understand that balance between delivering value and also keeping the software at high quality, okay? We need that voice, that voice is super important. We may also have user experience folks. These people are all about understanding the customer and understanding what they need to be successful. I was just at a conference yesterday and these UX people were like all over the tiniest little details to make customers awesome right? They really get down into it, right? How to remove clutter from the user interface, how to make things clean and simple, how to produce user interfaces that don't really require any kind of documentation because they're just easy to understand. Super important role to play, okay? Then, of course, we have what we might call subject matter experts, SMEs. um, Sometimes they're called analysts they're experts in the area that the customer is interested in this is an important role but it's you can't only rely on these folks right if if they were the only people fielding information from the customer um, we might be in trouble we wouldn't be hearing the voice of the architects or the developers we wouldn't be hearing what the ops folks are saying they're important but they're not the only voice you want to hear okay and there are other people in the organization that matter, right? We might have legal, right? There's legal. Sorry about my handwriting. The legal staff may be uh, important to figure out, hey, have we done a patent search on that thing? Because what you're proposing, there might be a patent on it already. We really need to know if there is before we build it, right? Um, and I'm not going to keep going here, but there's more roles that play a significant role role in figuring out what the customer needs most, what we need to build for the customer, okay? What doesn't work is having a single ringable neck, one person who's supposed to do all of these jobs, right? What I find in a traditional Agile project is you have a separation. All these people are separated by a Product owner. And the product owner is supposed to be the one talking to the customers or figuring out what to build, creating a backlog, prioritizing it, grooming it, and then suddenly just giving this stuff to the team. I'm afraid, folks, that that leads to really bad results. It's just like Tom DeMarco said we need a team of peers where people play leadership roles at different times and they're all focused on producing awesome results, right? Making the customer awesome. That leads to far better results than trying to run everything through a single ringable neck. So that's my uh, rant about that, um, if you call it a rant, but it's, it's something that I see over and over again that's so super important to, to what we care about, right? To be safe, right? We have four principles in modern Agile. Make safety a prerequisite, this, is far safer than trying to protect this team by having a single ringable neck. This leads to more discussion, collaboration. Of course, sometimes you might say, hey, how are we gonna decide between working on some technical debt or producing something that that deals with a customer complaint or some new feature that the subject matter experts want? Well, you have to have a meaningful discussion. You have to think about making people awesome and making safety a prerequisite. Maybe you have to experiment. Experiment and learn rapidly with something for those customers to see if perhaps a small improvement could could handle one of the complaints the customers have. And you have to deliver value continuously. So this is a hard role to be playing by one person again. You want to have a, a bunch of minds involved in it. All right, finally, let's talk a little bit about um, question that was submitted. Um, I love your questions. Please keep submitting them. Uh, This question comes to us from our Facebook Modern Agile group. It comes from a guy named Sergio. I'm sorry if I get your name a little wrong here, but Sergio I Zamora Rubio. I'm not sure where you're from, uh, Sergio, uh, but thanks for your question. The question is, which one of the four Modern Agile principles is the most difficult to adopt? Great question. They are all meant to be equal to some degree. However, in my experience, and I might regret saying this because uh, I'll rethink it later, but um, I believe that the modern agile principle that's the hardest to adopt is make safety a prerequisite. That one goes really deep, okay? I started the show talking a little bit about Fred Brooks and mentioning sociology, and technology. Make safety a prerequisite re, uh, refers to both, it's, it's in there. You've gotta have safe sociology, that is human interactions. You have to have safe technology, right? Safe software development practices and safe outcomes for your customers, don't lose their data, don't uh, be susceptible to hackers, and so on. Make safety a prerequisite is something you can start out superficially, but then it, you gotta go deeper and deeper and deeper in the organization right? You could have people that aren't speaking their minds because they're afraid to. Fear can be in that organization, right? W. Edwards Deming is famous for saying, drive out fear. Easier said than done. The results can be fantastic, but it's a lot of work. So make safety a prerequisite to me is it's easy to say the words, it's much harder to actually implement, okay? And I think it's really the doorway to excellence. So again, it's the it's the principle that helps make all of the other principles possible, right? If I'm gonna experiment and learn, I need to do so safely. If I'm gonna continuously deploy, I need to do so safely. Now, make people awesome. This is where we kind of leave the safety zone and we're trying to do things that are so far beyond what we've thought of before that it's okay to fail. It's safe to fail, right? When it comes to make people awesome, we have to be willing to iterate and fail as we get closer and closer and closer to some um, awesome outcome. So that I hopefully answers your question. Um, please submit more questions. Again, use hashtag Modern Agile Show when you are submitting in any social media uh, forum. And thanks for watching.